Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Get it. They've fallen short, as we know, to this point. But maybe this new money and new enhancements, and perhaps the Bucks will be on their way to the NBA Finals for the first time since 1974, last championship, only championship in 71. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented yeah, by buddy. Progressive Insurance. All right, Keyshawn. talk about new money. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, hey. I need to talk to Giannis because I learned something living on the East Coast, man. And 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 I had never heard of this before because living in living where I live at and this snowstorm is coming through or whatnot, I got a call the other day, and I think I was talking to y'all about it yesterday, about the, the, the snow in front of my house and all of that sort of stuff. Like, I'm responsible yeah, shoveling for your own driveway cleaning that up. But but it's it's the city's property. It's not my property. I don't understand why I'm responsible for cleaning it up. I don't get it. I just I don't get y'all, man. I, I don't. If it rains in LA, if it rains in LA, we're not responsible to make sure that the sidewalk is dry. It, that, that's crazy. Wait, see, can I ask? Can I ask you an entire question? Do you have Do you have the thick wool socks on today? Or are you still rocking no socks? I know how y'all no, from LA. Y'all no, be rocking I got, no I got socks. On, you I got no socks. Show. No, I got no socks. Okay. I got no socks right, today. Right, you got to rock the socks, man. Yeah, it's but, important. but I don't important. get, can y'all explain to me, though, why am I responsible for city property? That I don't own the curb. That's not mine. <laughs> Let me give you a quick East Coast tip. Jay, you know this. Key, this is something you wouldn't know because obviously – we had Lil Wayne making it rain at the top, and when it rains in L.A., it's a catastrophe. Snow might keep you homebound here for a week, I understand, but Jay knows this. Just give a kid on the block 20 bucks. I guarantee you he'll be over you at your house before you hang up the phone. Just give a kid 20 bucks. Everybody's learning at home right now. That'll be like a million bucks to like a 15-year-old kid. He'll be happy to do it. No, I get, Zubin, I, I get I think, it. I think that kid's name, Zubin, is Pacastello, right? Yeah, he, he, he wants a job. He'll do it he for 15. Job, but I, I, I just don't, I don't get, I just don't get it, man. I don't get why I got to pay to clean my sidewalk, even though I don't own the sidewalk. It's, I don't get it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Here's something I don't get here. And, Key, I want to get your opinion on this. They've been handing out the NBA's MVP since way back. And I know Key likes to talk about only things in Key's lifetime. So this is going to go back a little before, Key, you were born. They've been handing out the MVP in the NBA since 1955-56. Bob Pettit was the first winner, the legendary Bob Pettit. Giannis has been the most recent winner. In fact, he's won the last two. Before the season starts on Tuesday, you have all these anonymous surveys that come out, and it's actually really cool. They talk to the GMs, the real decision makers. We're the fans, but they ask the decision makers, who's going to be the MVP? Who's the best player in basketball? And they pulled about eight guys, you know, about a quarter of the league, I mean, 25% of the league or so, a little, little less than that. And seven of the eight dudes, Key, said your guy, LeBron hands down as the best player in the NBA, but barely any of them think he can win the MVP. And to a degree, you seem to agree with that as we embark on a 72-game season. If he carried the Lakers to their 17th championship and is showing no signs of slowing down whatsoever, how come you're not given the green light for LeBron winning yet another MVP? Well, I think when you look at it, there's going to be a couple of things that factors. It's the LeBron James fatigue. And not only that, the low management situation. He on the on the front and on the back end, LeBron's gonna get rest. I think we all know that. Once once certain seedings are, are put into place and they clinch certain things, LeBron will start to rest up. At the beginning of the season, he just finished playing basketball a month ago. So you're not gonna see him 
uh, all that much in the beginning of the season, at least I don't think so. You'll see them in the middle of the season, but then once they clinch and you get on the back end of it, they'll rest up in into the playoffs. And those decision makers or those voters with that plus the fatigue factor of LeBron, 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 you know, and he's a polarizing figure, they're not going to vote him in. I mean, they're not going to vote for him. That's just the reality of it. And I don't know, I mean, there's a small part of LeBron that would love to get another MVP. There's no question about it. But in the end, I think for him, the championship is way more important than an MVP. Key, I'm on board with you. Look, they're going to load manage LeBron James throughout the course of the year. He'll fight that. He'll continue to play. But Luka Doncic is going to win the MVP. And people are probably going to drop their mouths at this comment. He's the next coming of LeBron. Look up the video footage. LeBron James literally said during a sit-down on the Road Tripping podcast that the only player in the NBA he wanted to sign to his own shoe deal was Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic averaged 25 points, 7.5 assists, 9 rebounds per game. He led the NBA in triple-doubles, 17. Before he got injured this past season, he was in the MVP conversation, top five in the league. In the league, he has been a meteorite that has been ascending. And the one thing I can say about him is there are certain players that when you see them on the court, He's must-watch TV. Zubin, you talked about that earlier in the segment about Giannis, about you felt like it was hard. Giannis doesn't pull you to the TV screen to watch. Every time Luka Doncic is playing, I'm watching that damn game because he makes the game easier for everybody else around him. He sees things before it happens. He doesn't have the explosiveness like LeBron did at this stage of his career, but his skill set is off the charts, man. He can get to anywhere he wants to get on the court. He can score over anybody. And I'm telling you, certain guys, the game plays fast. He sees the game slow. Play fast, think slow. That's what Luka Doncic is in a dime, 24-7, all he, the time. He's certainly up there on the list. I mean, there's no question about it. And I think when you, as you start to think about some of the players, I think you're going to fall into the same category with Giannis as LeBron James, where there's Giannis fatigue, and Giannis hasn't even delivered a championship yet, and he's been in the playoffs several times. So it's kind of he keeps getting bounced. So they're not going to reward him for those things. Anthony Davis, a, a, another big for the Lakers, is kind of going to split those conversations between LeBron, a teammate of his, and himself, so he's not going to win out on those things. You think about Steph Curry. Steph Curry, depending on where he bring would bring the Golden State Warriors to, if he all of a sudden, the Golden State Warriors are at the top of the heat, then you, you, you can't leave out Steph Curry because that means he's done some magical stuff to get them in that conversation. And then I think, lastly, what it, Kawhi Leonard. Can Kawhi Leonard get through with the Lakers and Ty Lue as the new coach and give you something that makes you believe that the Clippers can go on and win the championship. Key, I will say one dark horse. You can't look them over just because I think they are going to be the most polarizing team in the NBA. If he's able to stay healthy, is Kevin Durant. Well, yeah, of Kevin course. Kevin Durant is one of the most prolific scores we've ever seen. Just you got he, He's a dark horse in this whole thing because if him and Kyrie start clicking at the right time, like between – Things that they're going to say between things that they won't say between IG stories and them going IG live. I'm just telling you, they're going to be the most talked about team in the NBA this year because of the electricity that they have between the two of them. Couple of points here, fellas, before we get back into some more NFL talk in just a bit. Jay's got Luka Doncic as the favorite to win. He just said it. He's also the betting favorite to win, courtesy of Caesars William Hill. So Jay comes from that 
NBA experience perspective and the gambling perspective also on the Mavericks' young superstar. To Key's point, today, Key, believe it or not, is the 65th day since LeBron won the championship. So it's been just over two months. They clinched the championship on a Sunday night, October 11th. It's been just 65 days. It'll be 71 days. I love, I love you, Zubin, man. <laughs> I said a month or so. Zubin went right to the numbers. 65 days to the day. But I'm it's just accentuating your point. Which five is, days. <laughs> no, I just love it, though. I can always count on you, Zubin, to make sure that the numbers are correct. Right. And the thing about it is I'm just accentuating your point that yeah. it's really no off-season at all. If you're basically talking two-plus months, it'll be 71 days until they get back on the floor. Last thing I want to say on the MVP chatter, and I agree, Agree. Back in the old days, to Key's point, storyline. You can't give it to Michael every year. Let's give it to Charles Barkley one year. Let's give it to Carl Malone one year because of the storyline. But keep in mind here, just in the last decade, and you fellas know this, we've had repeat winners just this last decade. I'm talking like 2010 to 2020. LeBron's won it twice in a row. Steph won it twice in a row. And Giannis has won it twice in a row. So the storyline perspective is there, but the voters have shown if there's somebody overwhelmingly there to win it, they will give it to you back-to-back. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's home quote explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. On the way, Jerry has said Mike's coming back next year to coach the Cowboys. Jerry's son, Stephen, has said Mike's coming back next year to coach the Cowboys. But our NFL insider says, well... Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Good question. The answer to that, pretty definitive from Stephen, who, by the way, is Stephen Jones, the executive vice president of the team, and Jerry's son, saying no doubt McCarthy is going to be back. Jerry Jones himself on his weekly radio show doubled down and said the same thing. But you heard Ed Werder there, our longtime Cowboys reporter, I mean, look, they have a better chance to get a top five pick than they do to make the playoffs, and they are tied for the fewest wins in the entire NFC with Atlanta and Carolina, and dare I say the Cowboys had grander expectations than both of those teams. Dan Graziano, the NFL insider, joins us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Okay, uh, Dan, if I hear it from the number one and number two guys in the organization that uh, Mike's going to be back, I guess he's going to be back. But when I just roll the numbers out there, any chance there could be a change of heart, especially if it gets even worse than it is right now? I mean, it can only get, what, three games worse, right? That's all they have left. So, look, I don't think anybody's under any illusions there about coming back and winning the division and making a Super Bowl run. So, no, look, 
If this was the guy they hired last year, there's no reason to think they're just going to go off of it after one year. Uh, he's never done that before. I, I think uh, two years is the is the shortest tenure in, in Cowboys coaching history under Jerry Jones. I think it was Chan Gailey. But, no, I, I mean, look, they're, they, they believe McCarthy was the right choice. Uh, they're disappointed how the year's gone. Could you see a change at, like, coordinator, like defensive coordinator? Yes, absolutely. That's entirely possible. Uh, but, no, I, I don't see them going back on their decision to hire Mike McCarthy after just one year. There just doesn't, there's nothing to, in their history to indicate they would consider that, and, and uh, I think we can take them at their word. Dan, I know you got something for me on the Giants. Uh, how much discussion has been put in with the New York Giants on going back to Colt McCoy versus Daniel Jones for this weekend? Uh, it doesn't sound to me like Joe Judge has any regrets about running Daniel Jones out there. Uh, unless he had a setback health-wise and he was less healthy this week than last week, I would be very surprised if they changed the plan. Uh, if anything, you know, the hamstring is getting better and maybe they have reason to believe he'll be able to be more effective this week. But as of now, I, I don't think that they're, that they're ready to go back to Colt McCoy. We could hear something different. They get out on the practice field today. Maybe he's not able to do much. But from everything I've been told, uh, the plan would be to do what they did last week and ideally have Daniel Jones uh, even healthier than he was then. You said in your weekly reaction column this week that uh, it's an overreaction to say that Mitch Trubisky will be the starter in 2021. Why is that? Well, I think what's interesting about Trubisky is, you know, he seems to be in the midst of a hot finish and, and, and could continue that. And, you know, you wonder if, a guy his age who was the number two pick in the draft might have some appeal to teams uh, as a potential starter next year. And that's why we, we kind of threw that into the overreaction column. But I think the point I was trying to make was teams aren't necessarily as desperate at quarterback as they were a couple of years ago. There, I mean, most of the teams, maybe two-thirds of the league, kind of knows who its quarterback is going to be next year. So I think Trubisky might find a home somewhere, but I don't know that he's going to be somebody that people look at just based on a good December and say, hey, he's all fixed. Let's bring him in and make him our starter. I think if he if he's on a team next year, which I think he will be, um, it's probably as like a backup slash project kind of player and, and maybe with a team that thinks he has a future. But um, I think what's happening in Chicago here is is he's he's making the case for himself heading into free agency, and maybe somebody takes a, a shot on him. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't list him as a potential starter, week one starter anywhere next year, just based on this. Dan, you also said in your column that it's an overreaction that the Bucks are the scariest team in the, in the, in the NFC playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with you on that. Um, who is the scariest team in the NFC playoffs? The NFC playoffs, I think if they're whole and they're healthy, it's the Saints. I think they've, they've been the team that looked like the best team in the conference pretty much you know, all year. They a little, a couple, lost a couple games at the beginning of the year, but um, they got on a big roll. The problem the Saints have is that they lost to, to the Jalen Hurts Eagles on Sunday, and now they're not in the top seed anymore. And as you guys know, only one team per conference gets a bye in the playoffs this year. Now, if they don't somehow pass the Packers – they're going to have to play an extra game, whereas the Packers only have to play two. And that stuff matters. There's no question about it. Green Bay has the tiebreaker. They beat them earlier this year. So uh, the Saints are going to have to do something uh, like beat the Chiefs this week in order to get back into that top seed or else they have their work cut out for them. But, I mean, you know, line up the teams on paper, everything else equal. I would say the Saints look like the toughest team in the NFC. 
when you look at it, who needs it? Who who needs that buy more in the AFC? Is it the Steelers or the Chiefs? Well, I think right now you would have to say the Steelers because they're you know they're reeling a little bit, right? They've lost a couple in a row. Uh, they don't have the run game going. You know, there's there's a lot of issues there in Pittsburgh that you'd look and say three weeks from now that's a team that could use a week off to reset itself. Whereas Kansas City, you know, obviously they have that championship from last year. They have all kinds of confidence. Haven't been pushed really, really all that hard except uh, by the Raiders, who may not end up getting in. So yeah, I think Pittsburgh would benefit more from the bye week. Uh, than Kansas City. I mean, obviously either team would love to have it, but I think Pittsburgh looks like the team that needs it more because right now they don't look like they're playing their best football of the year. Same question for the NFC. Packers or Saints, who needs it more? I think I would say the, I would say the Packers because I think if you're looking at where the game is played, right, if you have a, if you have a Packers-Saints-NFC championship game and if you're the Packers, you'd rather that game be in Green Bay. Right, as opposed to to New Orleans, and now, now I mean, obviously, with with uh, not with fans not being at the games, it's not as big a deal, you know, in New Orleans as it might have been in past years. But it, the weather isn't going to be any nicer in Green Bay in January than it, than it's been in past years. So that gives you the advantage. You have an indoor team coming to your place. Uh, maybe that helps. So I, that's why I would say probably the Packers would benefit more from the one seed in the NFC uh, than the Saints would, because the Saints aren't going to have that usual you know, Saints crowd. Plus, I mean, I don't know, the Saints have kind of, they've lost playoff home games the last couple of years, so maybe they would do them some good to be on the road. Who knows? And last thing for you, Dan, we always talk about awards, award season. We won't have that great gala the night before the Super Bowl, just another casualty of the coronavirus, like the Pro Bowl, but got to give the league credit. 100% of games to this point in the regular season have been played. But who do you think right now, in your opinion, from those you talk to and the way you follow the league, offensive and defensive players of the year to this point? I like The offensive player of the year has never gone to a tight end, but Travis Kelsey is currently leading the league in receiving yards, uh, which no tight end has ever done. So uh, give a look at his candidacy as a, as a possible offensive player of the year. I mean, look, there's all kinds of candidates. Obviously, I mean, Derek Henry and Dalvin Cook at the running back position having dominant kind of years. Wide receivers like Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs. I'm sure I'm, I'm, there are people I'm not listing who their fans are going to be upset with me. But I think the point about Kelsey is worth watching because it would be historic to see a tight end win that award, but what Kelsey's doing statistically is historic, uh, so watch out for that. We talk about defensive player of the year. Um, you know, the overreactions column we brought up, could Chase Young get in that mix? Obviously, he looks like the front runner for defensive rookie of the year, and he seems to be getting about three weeks better every week. It's incredible to watch his development throughout the season, but, you know, he's going to have to overcome guys like T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, you know, who are up at the top of the, of the sack leaderboard. Xavier Howard is leading the league in, in interceptions. So good races there. But I, I think it's interesting to watch and see if a tight end could break through and win it and if, uh, and if a rookie could win it in, uh, in, on the defensive end. It'll be something we'll certainly keep an eye on. Dan Graziano joining this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Dan, thank you very much. You got it. All right, Key, I got to hit you with this because it's a little bit strange. So uh, explain this to me as a guy that caught a ton of balls and was one of the better offensive players of your era. Last year, and this is something that Dan got into, and we're going to get into this a little bit more with your offensive and defensive players, you and Jay's coming up in just a bit. Last year, the NFL MVP, you look at a guy, 
and you say, all right, this one's easy. It's Lamar Jackson. He's the unanimous MVP, only the second unanimous MVP in league history. Yet the offensive player of the year last year in the NFL was nepotism. Key's nephew, Michael Thomas. Help me square that. Lamar Jackson is the unanimous MVP because he is crazy good on offense. But your nephew, also crazy good on offense, is the offensive player of the year. I, I think it's great that both guys get a chance to be in the spotlight, win some hardware. But as an offensive player, doesn't it sort of stand to reason that one of those guys should win the award? It almost feels like Lamar should have won both. With all due respect to Michael, is it a little bit weird? You know, they just receiver wise, you'll, it's hard to get the MVP, right? Just like it is at the running back spot. The quarterback touched the ball, you know, 40, 50 times a game, depending on what the offensive flow is. And so the opportunities are there for them more. It's a snack, crackle, pop league. They want to be able to showcase the quarterback position. Wide receiver, that's why that award is there for the offensive player of the year, whether it's a running back or a wide receiver or a tight end. The MVP conversation is certainly almost always is going to be a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, the last player that was not an offensive player to win the league MVP was who? Jerry Rice. No, offensive player that was not Offensive. offensive player was Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's it. I was going to mention that Jerry Rice was only the second. So Thomas joins Jerry Rice as the only two wide receivers to win offensive player of the year. Sorry, I didn't hear you there offensively and defensively, but that also goes to show just how difficult it is to win it. Key at a dependent position when Jerry Rice and Michael Thomas are the only two wide receivers to win offensive player of the year. Yeah, it, go, it typically goes to, you know, a quarterback or running backs, you know, and an MVP goes typically to a quarterback. We'll see. It's that old discussion, the age-old discussion. The most valuable player versus the best player. And we'll get the fellas' thoughts on that in just a second. But first, a little Sports Center. Tara stands on top. Passing Pat Summit, win number 1,099. And the new career wins leader that's beth moens on espn two but in reality tara vanderveer is second to none she becomes the all-time winningest coach in women's basketball history college basketball history win 1099 against pacific 104 61 last night congrats to her phenomenal on the farm she's done an amazing job there for decades on end Stanford, as you might expect, to make this extra sweet for Tara Vanderveer is the number one team in the country. The number one team in the college football playoff rankings is Alabama. No shakeup in the top four. There really haven't been since the rankings have come out. The truncated rankings, Alabama 1, Notre Dame 2, Clemson 3, Ohio State 4. A&M's on the outside looking in. And then the final ranking, Sunday noon Eastern on ESPN, to decide the four teams in the 2020 college football playoffs. Giannis actually could, speaking of four, he could get out of Milwaukee four years into his five-year deal if he wanted to. He's coming off a season where, of course, he won back-to-back MVPs. He was also the defensive player of the year and inked a five-year, $228 million Supermax extension. Again, fourth year out for him. It's the largest total value dollar deal in the history of the NBA. And SportsCenter brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens now, Straight Talk Wireless new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. 
See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. This is a pretty self-explanatory game, fellas. I'll give you a scenario. You fill in the blank, and we go from there. Let's start in the NBA. The Bucks will win fill-in-the-blank championships during Giannis's tenure in Milwaukee. Ooh, I don't want to be mean, but I would say zero. Ooh. I'd say zero. <sighs> I don't want to be mean, but I'm saying zero. Can't get it done, man. And, and I don't think he has enough. I... I we had Jen on earlier, and she said that she thought they could contend. I don't think so. I think Brooklyn is there. I think Philly's going to get stronger. I also think that Boston is going to continue to grow. I'll say one. He'll be able to get one, Zubin. I, how much longer can LeBron James sustain this level of play, even though the Lakers are loaded? I Maybe they get out of the East. I still know if they're if they're talented enough to beat a Lakers team that has added depth and continues to get better each year. See, I'm not even getting them one. out the East, Jay. Maybe. I'm keeping them in the East. They're not I even know. getting out the East. They I come know. West. We should mention maybe a couple better uh, fill in the blanks. They're going to be up there. They're going to be top two tier. Yeah, maybe a couple better fill in the blanks would be things like how many more years does LeBron have left at this level or maybe even more pertinent, how many years – for Giannis in Milwaukee, but we'll get into that later. Here we go. We talked mm. about this with our NFL insider, Dan Graziano. He gave us his thoughts. Fellas, the teams that need the number one overall seed in each conference, needing it, not having it, needing it, is fill in the blank and fill in the blank. Key AFC, NFC. I think the NFC is Green Bay Packers. They need it. The weather is a factor no matter what anyone says. I understand there's no crowds, but that weather is a crowd. When you're on that sideline – in between plays, you certainly are thinking about what it feels like on those toes and those hands. And on top of that, think about the teams that they will be playing coming out of the the, the uh, conference where they're warm weather teams, dome teams. And then when you think about the AFC, I think it's Pittsburgh because of the rest. I think they need rest. They haven't had a real bye week thus far this season. I would agree with you on Pittsburgh and the AFC. Look, they had three games in 12 days. Right, uh, They lost two of those games. I, I think that's challenging for a team that needs to get healthy and needs to get back on their feet, regroup, regathered, uh, and stay disciplined, as Mike Tomlin would say. And then in the NFC key, I would go with the Saints. I just, just because I know with Green Bay, you're talking about the weather and being at home, but with the Saints, it's about getting healthy. If I could buy Drew Brees as much time as possible, I need to do that. Right? I don't know if those ribs are medium rare, if they're medium well, or if they're well done yet. I don't know what they are. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to wait for them to get well done as possible in order for him to come back and throw and give my team the best chance of winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, you want him to get healthy, but think about it, Jay. If if Drew Brees had to go to Green Bay with those ribs in that freezing mm-hmm. cold, leaving that dome in that warm climate, just imagine what that would feel like. Or or Tampa Bay Bucks going <sighs> to Green Bay, or the Los Angeles Rams going out of that dome, going to Green Bay, or Seattle. It gets a little nippy in Seattle, but not like Green Bay having to go all the way to Green Bay and play. No doubt about it. Jay mentioned the Saints, so on that tip, we're asking this morning on the Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, who needs that one seed more? Packers or Saints? Early returns, 55% of you have said New Orleans, including at Mills Daddy, 99, who hit us up and kind of accentuating something that Jay said here on the back end of his comment. 
Saints outside the Dome hurts a lot, and Drew Brees needs rest if they're going to win. Hit us up with your thoughts, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, Key J and Z. On Twitter, who needs it more? Saints, Packers, a little role reversal with Green Bay now sitting atop the NFC. Fellas, want to mention before I go into the next one that Phillip Rivers is now in his 17th NFL season. 16 with the Chargers, <laughs> one with Indy. So it's 17 in the rearview mirror. Philip Rivers will play fill-in-the-blank more years in the NFL. I would say three. He'll get to 20. Three years, King? You're giving him three years? I'm giving him three. So he's going to get the two that he's still going to be solid and dominant, and then he's going to get that one where he's just kind of like, here, here we go again, Philip Rivers. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, because he, he's playing out of his mind right now. It'll carry over into the next year. Then he'll slightly fade in year 19, and then he'll fall off a cliff in year 20. But he gets the rocking chair. He gets say, the send away. <laughs> I would probably say two key. My man is like a statue in the pocket. He's a legit statue in the pocket. He he gets a hit the wrong way. No, the reason you know you, talking you, about you, him you're, laying it down. Uh, you're right about two. I gave him three because that twenty year mark, right? That just you at nineteen, you might yeah. as well push to get to the twenty and be able to say I play it sounds better, I played twenty years versus nineteen. It just sounds better. So the question was the question wasn't as a starter, right? Zubin just playing. So a backup Correct. QB role in year twenty could be playing. Okay. Uh I, then I may be with you, Key. I think it's a monumental mark to hit. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'll say two things. If he hits 20 or not, no matter how long he plays, at this particular point, Phillip Rivers is the most statistically accomplished quarterback to never play in the Super Bowl. So that's the one carrot out there, but the numbers are amazing. And to Jay's point, Man. obviously he doesn't need the money, and he has openly said he wants to coach his son playing high school quarterback. He's a quarterback just like Dad himself so it remains to be seen if he would wait around in a backup role being a starter for all those years or just go hit the high school field and coach hey, Zubin, his you, kid you know he accepted a high school coaching job already yeah he, he's already accepted it so you know i guess it's just wait and see now right and let's see let's see if hey, his son has the howitzer hey, you know what gets me, you know you know what gets me a little bit mad as an athlete key and it's something that you can't run away from especially if you didn't win a super bowl that we love to tag on stats where there's always that caveat. Like he's the most statistically, you know, successful quarterback in the history of the game, not to win a quarterback. Damn, that's something to follow you every day of your life as an athlete. Yeah, that's why it's important to get one. Here's the thing. No matter how you get it. Right, right. Part of the reason, though, I would say that, and I totally agree with you, Jay, it's sort of like a scarlet letter you have to carry around even though you don't deserve it. Part of the reason I would say that is that if he is on the precipice, like teetering on the Hall of Fame, mm. anything that could go in your direction would help. Because I think if you talk to a lot of people around the NFL, they'll say Phil is a Hall of Famer. But I, I think you'd be surprised how many people would say he's uber, uber, uber close. But if he doesn't get that Lombardi, anything else he can get can certainly push him in that no, right he's, direction. No, he's going in the Hall. It just won't be day one. That's all. And that's the thing. If you could do anything to yeah. accentuate your odds, right? Man, you day might as one, well. day ten, long as you win. You got a golden. You got a gold jacket. You got a gold jacket, right? You're in that club. Here we go. The NFL MVP, obviously Canton is full of them. The NFL MVP right now, key is fill in the blank. Patrick Mahomes still, still Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers is right there, but it's still. It, I mean, I, even with the three interceptions. Last week against Miami, 
it was almost like, okay, we're going to spot y'all this. We're going to do y'all a favor just to make the TV ratings exciting and have everybody thinking y'all getting ready to beat us. Hey, Tyreek Hill, run down there, man. I'm going to throw you the ball. We go roll. That's kind of what it was. I mean, I, I would still go Patrick Mahomes. I'm, I'm with the key. I, Aaron Rodgers is right there, though. He's coming with the way they're finishing, though. He's coming. It's going to come down to the wire down the stretch, but I still would have Patrick Mahomes with a slight lead considering he has 33 TDs and only five NTs this summer, this year. There's no doubt about it. How fun would it be to go back to our earlier discussion? Maybe Mahomes MVP and Travis Kelsey offensive player of the year with those two connections. Here we go. Last one. The most disappointing team in the NFL this season has been fill in the blast. It's easy. It's easy for me. It's the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I picked the Vikings to win the division at the beginning of the year because I thought that moving on from Stephon Diggs and adding Justin Jefferson out of LSU was going to be a hit, which it was. I also thought that getting Ngakwe in the fold would be big for them on the defensive side of the ball. You got Delvin Cook. You you got Thielen. You got Rudolph. You got Irwin at, at the tight end spot. So when you start to think about some of the pieces on the offensive side of the ball and Gary Kubiak calling plays, I'm like, oh, Minnesota got this. And then all of a sudden they scratching and clawing just to be able to sniff a playoff spot, just to sniff it. That, that's, that's an interesting one. I, I, I don't know how it's not the Dallas Cowboys. And maybe it's because we're part of the media train, seeing how everybody gets on board every single year. You talk about how talented of a team they are. I know they lose their quarterback in Dak Prescott, uh, but we are also having conversations about is Andy Dalton the most talented backup quarterback there is in the NFL? In the NFL. Like, this was an ongoing debate. So people were still giving Dallas hope. I, I just think that their defense has been so lackluster. It's been disappointing. You haven't been getting the kind of season you want out of Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, they're losing games to people they shouldn't be losing to. Danucci's coming in there. I think just the whole season Danucci. in entirety has been a huge disappointment for Dallas. A huge disappointment Poor, poor Danucci. He's never going to live that with Dale. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. And we should mention the Cowboys, to Jay's point, have just four wins tied for fewest in the NFC with Atlanta, who Ugh. had expectations, and Carolina, who is in a Ugh. full build, rebuild from day number one. You don't want to be in company with those two, especially since Atlanta let go of their coach and GM. A reminder, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Why Milwaukee might be more important to Giannis than Giannis is to them. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Heard Jay there, and I couldn't agree more. If I'm going to hand you and gift you the largest contract in the history of the National Basketball Association, I think at least one championship is fair enough to ask for. But, man, the East just got a lot more difficult, a resurgent Eastern Conference. And, of course, you know how tough the West has been year after year. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, Progressive's home quote explorer, changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. Let's go to ESPN NBA reporter Malika Andrews. She joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. She's been on the Bucks beat here each of the last couple of years and has some great insight and perspective on the team. So, Malika, uh, this is a kind of a strange question because, as everybody knows, things go a little bit differently with regards to timelines in real life and when you're dealing with that kind of funny money in the NBA. But they had until about Monday, the day before the season, to get this thing done on this initial deadline. And Giannis took up to about, I don't know, six days until that deadline, which sounds like six days, but it's less than a week with all that money on the line. So can you kind of take us into why the process, I'm going to use the word quote unquote, took so long for Giannis? (laughs) Well, this isn't a decision that a player can necessarily come by easily unless that person is saying, you know what? I see everything that I want on one side of this equation. And Zubin, you and I both know Giannis has loved Milwaukee and has proclaimed that love for Milwaukee for a long time. He also has said over and over again that he wants to win. There may be nothing more important to him other than his family than wanting to win on the basketball court. And so weighing all of that is how Giannis came to this careful, deliberate decision. Also, he's not someone to be rushed. He said that when he He spoke to reporters during media week. He said he's going to take his time. He also said he was going to defer to his agent, Alex Saratsis, to help him make this decision. He is a careful person. But now that he has signed, what Milwaukee fans should feel good about is clearly Giannis didn't just see this as some sort of signing out of uh, loyalty. He wants to win bad enough that this is also saying, yes, I believe the offseason moves we made are good enough to win in this next five-year window. Malika, how big is this for the Milwaukee Bucks? How big of a deal is this? Not only for the Bucks, but also the city. It's a huge deal. I mean, you have to remember that this is a player, I think, all the way back to when he was a rookie. He would send as much money as he possibly could overseas to Greece for his family. And so he was literally running to the arena sometimes when he didn't have money for a cab fare. And the people of Milwaukee would pull over and they would give him a ride to the arena. This is a guy who loves the city that he has grown up in a basketball sense in. He also said last summer when he was marching hand in hand, or excuse me, last uh, spring when he was marching hand in hand with the people of Milwaukee, that this is a city that he wants to see more molded into a place that he wants to raise his 10-month-old son Liam in with his girlfriend Mariah. And so there there may not be that many stars that have that specific uh, relationship with Milwaukee like or with a city like Giannis does with Milwaukee. Malika, we've seen several players in the last couple uh, years sign Supermax deals, but they don't live through those mm. Supermax deals. They move on after two or three years. Could this potentially happen with Giannis? I mean, anything is possible, right? We, we, it's too early to rule anything out. But 
Uh, I haven't spoken to Giannis since he signed the Supermax contract. That being said, after covering him for the last nearly three years, I do know that he is a guy who likes to go in with clear intentions. I do not believe Giannis to be someone who wants to sign on the dotted line without some sort of intention of living up to his word. That has always been very important to him. And so that should be some solace that he is trying to make it work. He said in his Instagram post that this is home. He wants the show to go on and he wants to win a championship. So if all of those things can happen, this could be a Damian Lillard type situation where you see that sort of rare loyalty between a star and their city. Malik, let's go to the Brooklyn Nets. Why did Kyrie Irving decide to end Mm. his media boycott? (laughs) You'd have to ask Kyrie that. He just showed up one day. We weren't necessarily expecting him to be the person. Usually we get a text from the team PR saying, who would you like? But on Monday morning, we sat down and all of a sudden Kyrie was there. He felt like speaking that day. And he said that he didn't want anybody, not just reporters, to take what he calls his art and have any disparaging comments about that. And so that's why he needed that break is what he said. And he said he didn't want any distractions from what was going on, what they are, quote unquote, building within this organization. And he wanted to be the one to deliver that message, it seemed. Malika, there was a video that went viral over the last couple of days of Carl Anthony Towns during the intros of the Minnesota Timberwolves Mm. games. Uh, literally just crying. Um, he lost his mom, Jackie, to COVID. His father, Carl Sr., yeah. had COVID. How difficult of a time has it been for Carl Anthony Towns? I mean, it's it's been indescribably difficult, Jay. I, I, Carl Anthony Towns and I are right about the same age, and I cannot imagine losing my mother, let alone six additional family members to the coronavirus. I was sitting there when Carl Anthony Towns spoke to reporters for the first time since his mother passed away, and he was asked, is basketball going to be some sort of therapy for you? And he said, no. He doesn't think it's ever going to be again because when he is on that court, He's used to looking at the baseline. He's used to looking off in the stands and seeing his mother, Jacqueline Cruz, there cheering and screaming and yelling. And this is a family affair. And that is always going to be now a hole for him, he said. And so there is no solace. He was sitting there, as as um, his coach said after the game, knowing that the minute he stepped on the court, it would become real, that he would be playing without his mom there. And to go through that in your mid-20s is is something I cannot even fathom. Indeed, top overall pick, but right now his top priority, certainly not basketball. 300,000 Americans, including mm. seven members of the town's family, losing their lives to the coronavirus. Very sobering. That's Malika Andrews. On the way, why it has to be Dome Sweet Dome for the Saints in January. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.